College football fans, welcome to episode 28 of College Football Throwdown. I'm your co-host Alex Schmitz, and today I'm joined by my dad, Peter Schmitz. Hello there, college football fans, and oh my gosh, it's been 28. <laughs> I know, we're getting close to 30. We're going to be so old. <laughs> Older than me, as a matter of fact. <laughs> right? That's exactly. Right. All right, well, you know, uh, it seems like we jinx ourselves sometimes on these. I remember last week we were talking about how you know, uh, week week eleven of uh, the the college football season wasn't looking like it was going to be as good as week ten because there didn't seem to be as many um, you know high tier uh, matchups in terms of top ten teams playing each other and things like that. But then we had quite a number of crazy upsets that people weren't expecting. So this turned out to be a great week of college football. Yes, it did. Absolutely. Well, there were, and there was, like you say, upsets and all kinds of different things. So, mm-hmm. so we'll dive into it. Um, for those of you who don't know, this is a College Football Throwdown, a college football podcast by college football fans for college football fans. This father-son duo here bringing it to you every week. And um, we just finished watching up ESPN's coverage of the uh, of the uh, playoff rankings, the new college football playoff rankings that were later today because they were doing them from one of these new called the college basketball like premiere game. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. It was funny. I was seeing like kids poking their head into like Kirk Herbstreit's shots and stuff. <laughs> yes, <laughs> funny. A little bit uh, crazy when you got the uh, you know live audience in the background. Yeah, that's true. But before we recap the best games of Week Eleven, we should, uh, per our tradition, crack a cold beverage for the podcast. Yes. Okay, I I get I'm gonna get to do the honors tonight since it's getting late for me and be a nice way to go to bed. There it is. All right. Cool. So, um, yes, in terms of uh, those big games, um, we actually, I was looking back at our um, previous episode, I think we got so caught up in our discussions on the playoffs and speculating we forgot to do predictions. Mm. So I I don't think we had any. Okay. But um, that's okay. The the game that was, you know, we knew was going to be, the big game of last week was Oklahoma Baylor and it did not disappoint. Uh, Oklahoma ended up upsetting Baylor 44, 34 in a hard fought, good big 12 battle. Yeah, that, that, that's right. And, and, you know, particularly Oklahoma, uh, I mean, actually had control of that game. The, the final score is probably not indicative of how much Oklahoma, you know, handled the game and, and just the, 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 the strength with which, uh, um, uh, Oklahoma's uh, defense played quite well, you know, uh, to, for this team from Baylor, who, you know, has been so explosive against so many of these teams early in the season and, and we're just putting up absolute pinball numbers. And now all of a sudden we find ourselves, you know, two weeks in a row where they've uh, not put up nearly as many points, you know. Right. So they're kind of coming back down to reality. Although, and they were just talking about this on the ESPN show again, um, do you take into account the fact that Baylor and now TCU, the team Oklahoma's going to be playing this week, are both playing with their second-string quarterbacks? You know, uh, I, their... was just, yep. I was just going to mention that. Yep, exactly. I mean, they, they lost, they lost the, basically the trigger man, right? Right. For those offenses. And that just shows you how important particularly with the way that the, the rules are set up now 
and the way that a lot of the uh, coaches are choosing to set up their offense, they rely so heavily on a quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. And and so when that quarterback doesn't isn't able to go because of injury or whatever, it has a huge huge impact on on the teams. Yeah. Well, and we've talked a lot on our podcast about you know the importance of the running game. You know, something that our uh, Nebraska's offensive coordinator needed to kind of get through his head. And one of the things of that is you know with a with the passing game, you are completely reliant on your quarterback in terms of how good he is at passing. You know, obviously you have your wide receivers who need to be good as well, but the quarterback really is central to that. And the quarterback is central to running the ball too in terms of handing it off or if your quarterback is a great runner. But uh, they're not as central because you can typically rely on your running backs and your tight ends and stuff for that sort of uh, performance. So that's another reason why having a strong running game is a important facet. Absolutely. And, and when, you, when you lose that, and in the case of these zone read offenses, where the, the zone read is, is, is basically a core, it's the fundamental of so many of the running plays, um, you know, and all of a sudden you don't have a quarterback that's quite as, as uh, fleet of foot, that can have a huge impact on, uh, on your team. Mm-hmm. Another interesting game, uh, Alabama-Mississippi State. Uh, I know Alabama was the favorite in that game, obviously, but I think they surprised people with just how dominant they were. Their uh, running back, Henry, had another like 200-plus yard game, really putting himself up in that Heisman consideration. I would agree. I think, uh, you know, uh, particularly given what's going to happen here, you look at the rest of Alabama's schedule, and, uh, you know, they have uh, a couple of games left here. One of them is against uh, nobody. And then they have uh, Auburn. Uh, mm-hmm. And Auburn's defense has not shown itself to be too good. And so I would be shocked if Alabama's running back doesn't have another 200-yard game because you know that that's exactly what uh, <laughs> Coach Saban wants to do. He's going to want to pound, pound, pound that rock in that game. That's right. And then this is an interesting game, uh, one of the upsets, big one, uh, Oregon beating Stanford, 38-36. Oh, yes. And, and Oregon looked pretty good doing it, too. So yeah. that, that puts a lot of turmoil into things, and that probably is a great transition into our discussion about uh, the top 25 uh, as Whoa. identified by the, co- the, the uh, committee. Yeah, yeah, but we got a lot more. We have a lot of upsets here that you're skipping over, man. Uh, I, well, I know, but that's what I mean. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, the the other one I was going to mention, obviously, was uh, Utah losing to Arizona. That was definitely an upset, 30-37. Uh, you know, I, I, I keep forgetting about that one because it happened so late, I, I, I didn't even realize it happened. You're the one who had to tell me. <laughs> yep, yep, because the, the interesting thing with that in terms of the wider discussion on college football is it, it's going to be really hard for the Pac-12 to get any team into that top four now with both those teams losing. Absolutely, you got you have no team in the Pac-12 that has less than two loss, or I mean, uh, yeah, less than two losses. So it's going to be very hard for them to get in. And ironically, the Stanford loss is as impactful uh, on uh, on uh, Notre Dame, even mm-hmm. though they won, uh, as anything. Yeah, kind of interesting how now we're like, you know, teams, if you're in that hunt for those top four spots, you're kind of cheering for the teams you've beaten as well as the teams you're going to play because you want them to be like the best that they can be in terms of record and everything like that. Because even, you know, those little slip ups in terms of their perception when they play you, you know, can affect your ranking. That's right. 
And and obviously, when you're talking about you know things like um, you know how a team looks, not just did they win, but how did they how did they look while winning, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, those that that feel test, if you will, uh, is is becoming more and more of a of a factor in in the lexicon yeah. of college football. Yep, and we had quite a few um, close games for some of those uh, top top uh, ranked teams. Um, Iowa winning over Minnesota 40-35. We had, um, where was it, Michigan uh, playing against Indiana and having to go into double overtime in order to beat them 48-41. And uh, there was one more, what was it? Uh, (laughs) What was was it? Well, there's TCU-Kansas as well, I suppose. That one was... Closer than the people were expecting. Maybe it was right. just Michigan. Maybe Michigan was the one. No, that was it. Oklahoma well, State, was... Iowa State, 35-31. No. Yeah, it was close. Yeah, it was a near upset. Right. Now, had that happened, had that happened, that would have been a, a devastating for the Big 12. Oh, yeah. It was, it's a huge, huge deal that Iowa State didn't pull that off. If Iowa State had pulled that, that upset off, I think it would have been very detrimental to anybody who made it through the Big 12 at that point. Yeah. Because well, then the, the prestige of, uh, I mean, Oklahoma is going to need the prestige of, uh, uh, of beating an Oklahoma State for them to be able to get over the hump of Notre Dame uh, with, with their one loss being to Texas. Yeah. Uh, well, they're going to need Oklahoma State to be ranked very high. Yeah, well. And so it, they, got, they got their wish, basically. But uh, that still it still remains to be seen whether Oklahoma State can handle it right uh, with the next games that they play. Well, and even we were discussing before, even if that ideal scenario plays out and Oklahoma plays against an undefeated Oklahoma State team and beats them, with their one loss to Texas and Notre Dame having beaten Texas badly earlier in the year, if Notre Dame also only has one loss by the end of the season, that they still might find themselves looking in on that championship. Absolutely, it'll be a hard one to argue, and the the strongest argument, of course, will be that that Oklahoma will have beaten, uh, particularly recently and late in the season, you know, a, a very highly ranked Oklahoma State team, a very highly ranked Baylor team, and a respectable TCU. Right. Although talking about that respectable TCU thing and what we were talking about before, in terms of those, you know, quarterback injuries to TCU and Baylor. Um, I was honestly surprised seeing that TCU-Kansas score 23-17 because Kansas currently has zero wins. They're one of the, like, the worst teams in you know Division One football. And for you know a, you to, lose, to win only by uh, six points, you know to have that team put up 17 points against you and keep you to 23, your offense that was scoring you know, 60 points a game not so long ago, you know, that's definitely a worrying sign, I think, for TCU. That's true, and, and frankly, TCU's defense has has been uh, given up a lot of points. Well, and and then here's the other thing with the whole Texas uh, loss by Oklahoma. Texas lost to West Virginia, mm-hmm. so I mean, it just the, the, all these losses and how they stack up and how they redefine the value of a win or a loss are all things that uh, that are going to have an impact as we go forward in yep. these next two weeks. And you know, this great thing about uh, this new college football playoff just a great thing oh yeah and then uh i i would love to be a an arkansas fan right about now because they've had two back-to-back weeks of 
upsets that they were not expected to win. They beat LSU this week, 31-14. Quite, quite an interesting win. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, uh, it, and it sucks to be an LSU fan to go from number two to number 15 in the course of two weeks. <laughs> right. That, that's, I mean, but that's the way it goes, right? Yep. I mean, yep. That's the nature of how that process works out. And I love the fact that they they don't necessarily worry about what the numbers were last week. Like even in this particular setup, that uh, uh, this particular top 25 that they produced today, you know, Oklahoma State, let's see, uh, ended up being Iowa and then Oklahoma State. So Oklahoma State is sixth. Yep. So, so um, and Baylor, who was sixth, you know, dropped quite a bit uh, to kind of push themselves uh, kind of out of the deal. Uh, but Oklahoma State moved up three or something. So, I mean, this this, this ability to move people around, around uh, um, is, is, I think, really, really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that at the end of the day, when that very final one comes up, it, there's going to be some excitement, especially if it plays out anything like what we're speculating it might. Uh, there may be some question about who that fourth team is. Right. You know? Well, and... It... Almost makes it seem a little silly that we're like obsessing and debating over these rankings as much as we are every week when we know that what we're talking about is just going to be thrown out the window by the next week and it won't be at all relevant to that, you know, end of the season discussion. Right, right. But that, that that's what allows you to have all this, you know what I mean? It's it's still conversation about college football, right? Mm-hmm. And it's uh, an ex- exciting stuff and it gets fan pa- fan bases all riled up. Uh, it's quite the crazy deal. Oh, it is. And then last two games I want to mention were uh, Washington State upsetting UCLA 31-27 and Houston beating Memphis 35-34 in a very close game. Yes. Now, what was the one that you said just before that? Washington Washington? State uh, beat UCLA in the Pac-12. UCLA. Interesting. So the old pirate pulled off a fast one on UCLA. Yeah. Boy, uh, you know, that, that, you know, that, that's those are interesting notes because uh, all of a sudden, you know, you're beginning to see you know, Nebraska had a series of injuries um, early in the year that just put put them behind the eight ball. And ironically, Nebraska going into their bye week after you know week eleven, right, is uh, finally getting some time to heal, and they are as healthy today before the bye week as. They've been the entire season. And now some of these other teams who, who sustained a significant number of losses, much like we did, um, you know, are starting to see those number of losses kind of add up, right? Yeah. Well, in... teams like UCLA, and that's what makes Notre Dame even that much more impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, Notre Dame lost their quarterback. They lost their number one running back. They lost some really significant players, players that in most teams, if you lost those players off your team, you know, most people would have to adjust their expectations. And Notre Dame still sits with one loss. Yep, that is definitely a factor. Um, that does bring up an interesting conversation, I think, about the playoff in general in terms of when you're considering these. Is it more important to look at, like, the total resume in terms of, like, how you played your season versus who is playing the best football 
as of at the end of week 13, you know, or week 14 after the, you know, championship games of college football, who are the best teams right now at this moment? Because they, we were ta- they were talking again on the SPN thing about how Alabama lost, you know, earlier in the year. But right now, you know, with this Henry kid on fire, you know, and them beating some of the better SEC teams that they've had to go up against. I mean, they're playing as good a football as anybody else at this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and that's the thing is, I think the answer is all of the above. You know, <laughs> I mean, the fact is that they, uh, that that committee is looking at all of those. They are looking at resume. They are looking at, uh, you know, comparative scores if that opportunity is available to them, like the Texas games for Notre Dame and, and, and Oklahoma. Those will be a factor. But it will also be a factor is what have you done for me lately? Where are you as a team right now? All of those things enter in because all of those are part of what they're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. They, they are trying to get the four best teams in, but you have to have done it consistently through the year. That consistency matters. But, but what you're doing at the end of the year and obviously winning your conference is also super critical. And that, that whole conference winning component hasn't even come into play yet because no one's won their conference yet. Right. So that's going to have an impact on uh, not only – who the four teams are, but what their individual rankings are, you know? Well, and with what we were just talking about in terms of like, okay, let's, let's go back to this. Let's say Notre Dame beats out who they're supposed to beat. They beat Stanford and Oklahoma beats TCU and beats undefeated at the moment, you know, Oklahoma state, you know, and so they have their one loss is, uh, that, Oh, well, Oklahoma's one loss is to Texas. That's right. Uh, whereas Notre Dame beat Texas in their regular season. Um, so in that scenario, if you know the committee were to look at that and be like, well, Notre Dame's one loss is to Clemson, you know, whereas Oklahoma's is to uh, Texas, you know, and they'd yep. say that Notre Dame deserves it over uh, Oklahoma in that case, I feel like that's even more of a reason adding on to last year's uh, debate for why the Big 12 needs a conference championship game. Because in that scenario, you know, if Oklahoma were to play another game and win that game, and so they have one more, you know, quality victory over Notre Dame, I think that might be the kind of factor that they would need in order to push them over Notre Dame since they don't play a conference championship game. Uh, I would absolutely agree with you. And I think there's a very real possibility that that could happen because I think that's a really strong argument. I think it's really hard for me to overcome, I know that it happened earlier in the year and stuff, you know, Notre Dame got to play Texas in the first game of the year and, and won comfortably. And then, you know, um, it was still fairly early in the year that Oklahoma played that same Notre, uh, I mean, that same Texas team and got spanked. So, so then the question becomes, how can you ignore those two facts? Those are facts. Yes, Notre Dame's schedule didn't turn out to be quite as difficult as maybe it was perceived to be going into the season. But the fact is, is they won every one of those games, with the exception of losing in a in a in a fairly tight battle to the team that is right now the consensus one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for that committee. So so, I would have a hard time moving Notre Dame, even if Oklahoma won out. I just I think a lot of people on that committee are going to have a hard time moving uh, moving Oklahoma State ahead of Notre right. Dame. So 
So, so I think it's a very real possibility that the Big 12 could be left on the outside looking in. Yeah, well, and especially if, like, you know, we were just talking about TCU, you know, playing a little close with Kansas, you know, if those wins against the TCUs and the Baylors don't look as good as they might have, you know, a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, that right. might be a factor in terms of looking at Oklahoma's quality of resume. Absolutely. Like, like if you had, if you had Baylor beat, uh, beat Oklahoma State this week, mm-hmm. right? Right. That that would be a very detrimental to Oklahoma's case if they were to win out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only strong case for the Big Twelve, really, that's clear, is Oklahoma State winning out. That's true. Yep. Th- yeah. Then I think it's pretty clear that they're the team that gets in, and Notre Dame is set aside. Yep. Um. Uh, we've, we've been talking about the playoff, but we haven't actually talked about who they announced as uh, the top ten, the top teams, for those who may not know. Um, it, the top four remained exactly the same as last week. Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Iowa stayed at number five, and then Oklahoma State moved up to number six because of some of the losses and the fact that they won. Oklahoma, seven. Florida, eight. Michigan State, nine. Baylor, ten. Stanford, eleven. Uh interesting you know because of stanford's loss you know now that could be the one factor you know that might be going against notre dame is now that stanford game that people were talking just last week about it being a you know automatic uh qualifying game a play-in game right now that it definitely doesn't look that way anymore no well and here's the other thing i'm really surprised stanford didn't fall further um uh because uh you know they they lost to an oregon team that going into the game wasn't ranked true well, i think it's got to do with the fact that you know baylor lost too and you know yeah. other teams that were ranked above them lost so right but but baylor's still ahead of them is is the point so true uh, that didn't necessarily affect stanford so much but i just i just would have thought that stanford might have might have actually dropped a little a little more than they did so that that's just an interesting yes. thing to keep in uh, eyesight, you know, and and I and my previous statement where I talked about you know Notre Dame's out. That's I, I'm being presumptive here that Clemson's not going to get upset yep. uh, at any point here the rest of the year. Right. O- Ohio State's not going to get upset. You know, things get way more complicated if Michigan State beats Ohio State this weekend, or or, or worse for the Big Ten, Michigan ends up beating Ohio State after uh, Michigan State has beaten. Michigan, because um, mm-hmm. now you've got a Michigan team that, you know, has the really close loss to Indiana. I mean, close win to Indiana, you know, the, the controversial loss to Miss, uh, to Michigan State and no other conference losses. Uh, and uh, so bam, wham, bam, they're now the representative mm-hmm. and they're playing Iowa, you know. Right. So, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. And if what we hope happens, happens. <laughs> uh, and uh, Nebraska beats an 11-0 and Iowa team and they become 11-1, that hurts the Big Ten a little bit too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not a foregone conclusion. If it's anybody other than Ohio State, it is not a foregone conclusion that the Big Ten champion is in. That's true. Well, and but and as we said, you know, I mean, it's possible if Iowa beats, you know, the two teams they have left and beats uh, Ohio State, you know, you'd be hard pressed to leave them out. Oh, right, An undefeated team, I think, from the Big Ten as Big Ten champion would likely get in. Where it gets rough is if there's a one-loss 
Big Ten team that gets in uh, that is anybody other than Ohio State. Right. Well, and I just think that gets to a point that's interesting. You know, we've been talking all this time about who's going to be the number four because that's the most interesting one to talk about. And we're presuming that Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State are all going to win out, you know, which is certainly possible, maybe even likely, uh, but certainly not a, you know, given, especially seeing how we saw these teams in the top 10 get upset this week. Right. You know, so, well, yeah. and even, even Clemson, you know, struggled and, and had a, a very modest victory margin over a Syracuse team that's really struggled this year. Yep, yep. Well, and yeah, I believe in the ACC, the team that is the only other real contender uh, besides Clemson is uh, North Carolina. So that that'll, that'll be an interesting game when that one comes around. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Um, so, and uh, on the last podcast, we talked about our own like uh, top sixes. I believe we had, and I believe you you were talking about like as of week 10, you know, these were like year six. Um, and yours was Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Alabama, Baylor, and Stanford. Right. Right. And then mine, uh, which but mine was more looking ahead to the future um, and predicting what it would be at the end of the season, was Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma State, and Utah, or and, and Notre Dame, I should say. Uh so my uh, my Utah pick is not looking so hot now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you were sweating bullets on that Oklahoma State thing too. Yeah, well, because there's a lot of different ways that could go. But <laughs> I mean, I, I I was I that's why I'm I'm really cheering for Oklahoma State this weekend. I want them to go all the way because they're my prediction based on the <laughs> fact. I mean, they play all their all their toughest opponents. They play at home. You know that there's not that's got to you know, be a factor. The only reason I, I don't want to do that is I don't I don't want the Big Ten to be left out. Yeah. And uh, and 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 an Oklahoma State winning out uh, increases the likelihood that the Big Ten champion again, if it's anybody other than an undefeated Ohio State, is, is potentially the one left left out. Mm-hmm. That's certainly possible. And then obviously, as of week six, you know, you had Baylor and Stanford up there in that top six and now both of them are out of that that right consideration. right yep uh, that's why we play the games as they say that's... so it, but it's uh, it's been it's been uh, really a fascinating season and uh, a lot of interesting things happening unexpected things like always happens is uh, the uh, the uh, you know what I want to say that the these uh, unexpected wins and losses all the injuries that that some teams have sustained, some of which who've overcome them, others of which haven't. You know, UCLA has had just a devastating year of injuries, and it's really affected them as a team, and it's certainly part of the reason for their loss this past weekend. And, um, you know, uh, there's just a lot of teams that are disappointed, including our Nebraska Cornhuskers. So. Mm-hmm. Right, and then, you know, that was another thing that they talked about in terms of how do you, you know, uh, how do you consider, you know, when you're looking at those things, like, do you consider the fact that, you know, uh, Oklahoma beat a Baylor team that wasn't playing their starting quarterback, you know, like uh, how much do you think about those extraneous factors, you know, weather and I mean, you, if you go down that rabbit hole, you can get into all sorts of, you know, yeah. factors. Absolutely. And, and the bottom line is injuries are part of the game. You just kind of, kind of 
have to look forward and, and, and see what you think is happening at this point in time and what are the chances that they're going to be able to continue the string and finish off the job, or is it maybe more likely that they're not? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what I think is interesting, I'm looking into um, what because uh, I'm happy with my picks from last week, with the exception of Utah. So based on now, I'm trying to figure out what my number six team might be um, in terms of because I mean I think if Utah were to you know win out and then some of those teams that are above them like in my scenario Oklahoma you know Michigan State. Uh, Baylor, Stanford, Michigan would all be losing games. Uh, so if Utah could keep winning, then maybe that does bump them back up into that right. consideration. Now, I tell you, if I was looking at mine, I would say, uh, and again, I'm looking at the, the, the here and now, uh, I'm going to say that, wow, I'm, I'm struggling with who my number six is going to be. Um, um, uh, right. Well, because you I'm would, gonna have, you would. I'm going to have to say my my number six is going to be Oklahoma. Uh, actually, no. My my number six is going to be Iowa. My number five is going to be Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. My number four is going to be Notre Dame. My number three is actually going to be Ohio State. My number two is Clemson, and my number one is Alabama. Hmm. Interesting. So you think cut kind of with that whole, you know, who's playing the best football right now kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you ask me who's the team I would pick that if, if we started a round Robin tourna- tournament of those six teams right now this weekend, and that was going to determine the national champion, I would, I would put my money on Alabama. No question about it. And, uh, and Clemson would be second and Ohio state would be third. After that, you know, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, those I don't, I'm not sure, you know, the order could be anything, but those first three I'm pretty confident about. Interesting. And and you're still ranking Oklahoma above, I mean, I guess to rank Oklahoma above Oklahoma State this week does make some sense given that Oklahoma State struggled against a inferior Iowa State team, whereas right. Oklahoma beat a good Baylor team. Well, and I, and I watched Oklahoma play, and I, I love the leadership they're getting out of that quarterback position now. And uh, the guy has just grown into the role. They're a very different team than the one that lost uh, to Texas, and I, I believe that's true. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, uh I'm, I've been thinking about it because, like, in terms of the teams who are ranked above Utah right now, uh, under my scenario, you know, Oklahoma would have two losses. Florida would have two losses because they'd lose to Alabama. Michigan State would lose to Ohio State. You know, Baylor would lose against Oklahoma State in this scenario. Um, Stanford would lose against Notre Dame. Michigan would lose against Ohio State. So if all those things played out in that way, then it seems like Utah would you know, jump back up to that uh, to that spot with even with two losses. They could, yeah, but that's an awful lot to have to happen before they could do that. That's true. Oops. All right. I started playing a YouTube video by accident there. <laughs> All right. So, um, any other things you want to say about the the playoff well, rankings couple- this week? Uh, well, uh, you know, uh, uh, other than the fact that I think, you know, this week's games 
are going to go a long way in, in starting to, to really clarify, right? I mean, this is a, you know, obviously it's only one week before the end of the season, so that's not profound, but, but, but the bottom line is, is that I, I think, you know, when, after this weekend's games are done, we'll, uh, we'll really see the separation start to happen. And I, I think the number of what-if scenarios greatly diminishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's definitely going to be interesting. Uh, let me pull it up here. Um, what I'm a little bit interested in is Navy. Um, they still have, uh, I had their schedule pulled up before. They have, a, uh, they play against Houston, I believe, who's currently undefeated. So that's a big game left on their schedule. They're yes, the, the highest ranked, um, like non-Power 5 team at the moment. Yeah, and and what happens if they stay undefeated and, and win out? Well, you know, obviously a lot of a lot of losses and weird things would have to happen among the power, power five, but but you sure uh, have to uh, start to give some credibility to that Houston team and, and asking yourself what's going to go on with that. Right. For another podcast, certainly is the job that that coach who was who was the offensive coordinator for um, Ohio State is now the head coach at Houston has done just a phenomenal job and it'll be interesting to see as these coaching carousel things happen what's going to transpire with a guy like that although i doubt he would leave houston as he's literally only been there a year yeah he's just been there one year i mean but, but, i don't know that would seem like kind of a dick move to me like I, <laughs> I i know i know that he doesn't want to probably stay at houston he wants a top power five job but i don't feel right. like you could leave after just one year even if it was such a great year right but right maybe i'm well, wrong it's just uh, that uh, i guess my point was going to be that's going to be a conversation for a whole this podcast or series of podcasts really yep uh, and you know my my other disappointment about this upcoming weekend is i'm disappointed uh, the timing of the uh, michigan state ohio state game it's back to that whole long-standing tradition of of uh the Big Ten not playing very many night games. They didn't play any at all, and now they play very limited number of night games uh, in in November. And now here we've got this premier game that is the biggest game of the year in the conference up to this point, uh, and likely the, for the whole season. And it uh, it's going to be played at three thirty uh, in the afternoon, not a night game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and that makes it even worse because your alma mater is playing uh, in the semifinals of the high school playoffs at the same time. And so we're <laughs> going to be at that instead uh, of... Uh, ooh, that's got to be creating a lot of uh, division amongst the pe- the dads of oh, SF yeah, absolutely. players. Well, I'm trying to figure out how I can get my dish uh, to work <laughs> so <laughs> that uh, motorhome it. we'll be able to come come in there and watch TV at, at halftime, go into the motorhome and and watch it at halftime. So I got to get my dish down there. All right. Well, as I said before, just to wrap up the playoff conversation, I'm actually looking at it. I'm going to stick with Utah as my number okay. six because I'm going to predict that the teams above them are going to lose and they're going to win the Pac-12. So having that, you know, they'll be the Pac-12 champions. That's how I think they'll sneak their way back into it. Um, obviously, talking about the upcoming Week 12 games, definitely one of the big ones is Michigan State. Ohio State, huge game in the Big Ten and nationally. Yep. Are you looking for me to give you a prediction now? Uh, not yet. We're going to get to that. Um, okay, there's, good. There's really, 
Don't worry. There's three major, major games this weekend, which is exciting. You know, we got that. We have Baylor, Oklahoma State, and then TCU, Oklahoma within the Big 12. So. Wow. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Uh, it seems like there should be more than that. Uh, but uh, we're at the point where the SEC is playing their late season patsies. So a lot of those SEC games probably aren't all that great. Yeah, there's some uh, LSU will miss will probably be a good game. Um, there's Oregon USC and Cal Stanford in the Pac-12. Uh, Mississippi State plays Arkansas after Arkansas is coming off of their victories. Uh, yeah. Uh, Northwestern Wisconsin in the Big Ten. UCLA yep. Utah. Actually, that's a good one. Uh, Memphis and Temple. Michigan and Penn State. Nice historic game there. <laughs> Michigan Penn State will be a good one. Yep, absolutely. We should uh, include that in our uh, on our uh, our uh, predictions. Uh, predictions. Michigan Penn State okay. along with the other three. Cool. Okay. Yep. All right then. So, uh, oh, so you want to make four different predictions then? You're yeah, saying. we're gonna do four. Oh boy. Okay, we're gonna make up for missing last week. Apparently. There you go. Okay. Um, Let's start with Ohio State, Michigan well, State. Well, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before Whoa. we do the predictions, we have to concede since we're trying to be objective people here. We can't have this podcast without acknowledging the uh, the elephant in the room when it comes to Nebraska and, and the the bad uh, national uh, attention that they're receiving uh, today uh, as the st- story breaks about um, a couple of players, including our starting quarterback and our our uh, wide receiver. Um, uh, who happened to have a room together on an off-campus apartment, and apparently there is an accusation of a, of a, a rape allegation that occurred there, and that's just uh, happening on this day. And it's, it's just, you, know, you, you don't know what's transpired really yet, uh, but it's, it's, it's horrible timing at, at a minimum and a horrific event if it turns out that it actually happened the way, uh, you know, it's purported to have happened. So, so we'll have to wait and see well, how that all unveils at this point, the, the university and after some initial comments to one of the local papers there in Nebraska, the, the players are mum on this deal and uh, we'll have to probably be very patient to figure out what really uh, took place here. Yeah. Uh, but at this point it, it, it would appear that it is not one of the, the, the those two players that, that actually was involved in the incident Rather, it was more that it occurred at their home, uh, while, where they were hosting a gathering, a party after the players returned from um, from uh, New Jersey uh, and the Rutgers game. Yeah, I want I want to make that clear because when I was, if you just look at the headline, it says like attempted rape at Tommy Armstrong's house, and it makes you immediately right. jump to that conclusion. Whereas it would certainly appear that they were interviewed by the police. Uh, but it would appear from the sounds of what has transpired that they are not the suspect in question who has not been named as of yet. That's correct. Yes. And so uh, that's the thing that's going to uh, have to be uh, uh, sorted out here. And eventually yeah. we'll probably know a few more details, but right yeah. now we don't. Yep, and that's probably another benefit of having that bye week. We don't have to deal with that and then play a game on Saturday. You know, We get a full week and a half to deal right. with that. Uh, and hopefully the investigation will move quickly and, and they'll be able to exonerate those kids if they are truly not uh, guilty in this situation. All right. So 
Back to Michigan State, Ohio State. We're going to do predictions here. Predictions, okay. Okay. Uh, I am going to go ahead and predict a defensive battle. Michigan State is known for its defense, and Ohio State has played solid defense as well. Um, obviously, Ohio State's offensive uh, firepower is formidable and would be difficult for Michigan State to stop, but I'm going to go ahead and predict an Ohio State victory of, let's say, uh, 24-17. Wow, okay, 24-17. Do you want me to predict on that same game right now? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so my prediction on that is going to be quite different than yours. For the following reasons, I believe this is going to be a relatively easy Ohio State victory. Hmm. Number one, it's Ohio State at home. Number two, uh, Michigan State's you know, senior quarterback, Connor Cook, has been banged up and, in fact, uh, injured his shoulder uh, in, in the game this past week. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, their defense has struggled a bit. Uh, and, in fact, against Nebraska when they lost the game against us, they were actually playing three freshmen at times in their uh, defensive secondary. And I have a feeling that if they do that against uh, the talent of Ohio State, they're going to get crushed. Now, I'm not predicting a crush necessarily, but uh, I think that uh, it will it will it will be close early, simply because the two teams in a big time atmosphere like this, a big time game, they'll play it a little bit close to the vest. But I believe that it won't take terribly long, and Ohio State will establish themselves and they'll end up winning by about three scores. So I'm going to say uh, 42 to 21. Wow. Yeah, that is quite a difference. Um, yeah. I will say I did read that uh, Connor Cook it sounds like he's good to go for this weekend. Now, we don't know if he'll be 100% necessarily, but he will play from the sounds of it. Well, and, and I, I, I don't, I'm not hopeful that the score that I just gave you is what happens. I mean, I would very much like to see it be a very competitive game. In fact, I probably would like to see Michigan State win the game. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think the number of injuries and just the circumstances that Michigan State finds itself in is going to be a very tough one to to do. And it's not easy to play at Ohio State. That's true. All right. Well, we're going to do Baylor-Oklahoma State next. Um, Since I am the resident Oklahoma State fan here, apparently, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I actually – think I'm going to predict a similar score to that of the uh, Baylor-Oklahoma game. I'm going to go ahead and predict a 44-34 victory for uh, for Oklahoma State over Baylor. Mm, okay. Okay. I'm going to also predict a, an Oklahoma State victory because they play a lot more aggressively uh, defensively at home. Um, and, and because of uh, Baylor's struggles with their new quarterback who just doesn't doesn't present the same uh, athletic uh, challenge to defenses that the previous uh, quarterback did. And so I'm going to predict an Oklahoma State victory. Uh, I'm going to say that it's also going to be fairly high scoring. So but so I'm going to say Oklahoma State uh, is going to go ahead and hang 50 points on Baylor. Uh, so it's going to be 52 to 36. Okay. And then uh, TCU Oklahoma. Um, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna go bold here. Uh, I think, uh, given the fact that TCU struggled a little bit against Kansas last week, and given how um, dominant Oklahoma's defense was in that Baylor game, 
Uh, I'm going to go ahead and predict a possible blowout here by Oklahoma. I think they could win this game big. So I'm going to go ahead and say uh, Oklahoma scores, let's say, uh, 56. It's 56 to 28. Wow. Okay. Okay. Hey, where is that game? Uh, let's find out. I probably should have figured that out before I predicted it. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, it, I think it's at Oklahoma. And, and if it is, I'm also going to pick an Oklahoma. It is at pick. Oklahoma. It's at Oklahoma. Then I'm going to pick an Oklahoma victory. And, uh, uh, but I'm, I'm going to say it's a little slow, uh, lower scoring, um, and, uh, but not a lot. And I'm going to say that it's going to be like uh, uh, 45 to 21. Okay. Very good. And then our last one then, uh, Michigan-Penn State, since you brought that up. Um, I'm actually going to Google Penn State's schedule. I haven't been following them too much because they've, they've been a little disappointing this year based on how people are perceiving them early. Well, yeah, they've had a couple of lo- unexpected losses or whatever, but, but they've won, uh, quietly won a lot of games they were, quote, quote supposed to win. Um, so um, they've done okay. But I would say overall you're correct that it's been a disappointing season. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the near miss at Indiana is going to wake up Michigan a little bit. I think maybe Michigan's uh, defense was not ready for uh, uh, the kind of prolific offense that was presented by Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't think Penn State has shown itself. I think they still have some issues, especially their offensive line in some spots. So I think that uh, Michigan wins this game comfortably um, uh, by, like, 17 points. So, uh, like, maybe a uh, – what would that be? Like, uh, I don't know. In the 30s for Michigan and, and about 17 for, for uh, Penn State. Oh, we'll go. So let's, let's do that. Third, so, like, 35-17? Yeah, something like that, 35-17. Okay. Uh, I should point out, I forgot to mention this earlier, but uh, I was doing this bar crawl thing this weekend, but I actually got to watch the end of the Michigan-Indiana game. I saw, you know, in the fourth quarter, there was a bunch of people in that bar cheering for Indiana, and because they had him, like, Michigan, like, I think it was a fourth down, you know, they had to score a touchdown, and then they did, which was frustrating. Uh, uh-huh. And then I saw them win in the double overtime, so that made me kind of mad they couldn't pull that off. Right. But, um... I think I think you're right. I think Michigan will probably be woken up a little by that Indiana um, near loss. But I do think, uh, I'm just looking at Penn State's schedule right now, there are two losses that they have to Ohio State and to Temple. Or actually, three losses. Ohio State, Temple, and Northwestern have all been away games. And this is at, uh, at home for the Nittany Lions. So right. I'm going to predict a Michigan victory, but I think it's going to be a closer game. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and say it's going to be um, 30, say 31 to uh, 27. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. So that's another one I need to watch. And when is that game? Uh, it is time? 9 o'clock my time, so 12 o'clock Eastern time. Noon, noon, noon game. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Another reason... Well, that's interesting, too. Okay, good deal. Good deal. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that'd be back. You watch that game and coming right off it, you'd have the Michigan State-Ohio State game. So that'd be a nice way to wake up. 
Yeah. For us on the on the West Coast, anyway. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that more in one of the future podcasts. Is the uh, the experience for you uh, of for the first time uh, going through a football season on that West Coast, where you often get up and bam, nine o'clock uh, games are already on TV. That's true. Like, it's, I I remember that only in cases like you know New Year's Day, where a game would start at like ten o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I never never had that growing up or as an adult. Right. Well, that means on the reverse side, with those any game that starts early Eastern time like that would be like seven o'clock, you know, Pacific time. So that's right, a scenario right. where it wouldn't work out so well for us on the West Coast. Right. No, that's true. All right. That's... Well, I I know we were. I think we were talking about keeping this one shorter, but I knew we had. There was a lot to get to. There was a lot of big games this week, and then. Lots of uh, upcoming big games, as it turns out. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, uh, we'll have to try to get back on track of being more organized with our subject matter. We went a little far afield today. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was good. But if you all out there uh, thought we went a little too far afield, you can email us at huskerpete13 right. yeah. at gmail dot com. You can that leave includes a... you, brother Mike. <laughs> uh oh, well, he's going to be critiqued, huh? Um, you can leave us a comment on uh, the Potomatic website. We're at footballthrowdown.potomatic.com. You can find us on iTunes as well. Uh, the Potomatic app are all places you can find us. You know, I post these links up on Facebook all the time. If you happen to be my friend, which you, anyone out there listening probably isn't, but there you go. Uh, so yeah, thank you for listening out there, good listeners, and thank you, Dad, for joining me for this episode. Thank you. All right, and until next time, college football fans, go Big Red. Go Big Red. Go Big Red.